0: Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar,
1: and that you know has led us to be now well known within you know the solar market. Hey there, solar warriors! I'm
0: Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Welcome to episode 155 of Suncast. You know, many of you solar warriors have been asking me about Mexico and how that market is looking, as well as why I haven't covered more LATAM stuff the last year. Well, as it happens, I was recently back in Mexico City for the Solar Power Mexico trade show and had the pleasure to sit down with my good friend, Jose Jove. So this is a part of a series I'm going to be calling the Mexico Sessions, aimed at getting you more details from the front lines in this fast-paced, Developing market. Jose Jove is the vice president of Prana Power, a subsidiary of a $2 billion hedge fund, Artha Capital. And Prana has been on a next era esque buying spree of late, snapping up major DG portfolios and building a solid team and reputation. I wanted to learn more about the state of the solar union in Mexico directly from one of the major players, so Jose agreed to take some time with me while I was down in Mexico City. This is a complete departure from the interview flow typically found here on Suncast. Questions, direction, etc. from my typical episode. So I'm very curious to hear what you think. And there's over 150 other clean tech founder stories and solar startup advice over at mysuncast.com. You know, you could drive from New York to LA and back listening nonstop to Suncast. So don't be shy. Check out the older episodes as well. For now, let's tune up your skills, solar warrior as we tune in to another powerful conversation here on SunCast. All right, today we are here at Solar Power Mexico with Jose Jove, VP of Commercial Operations for Prana Power. Welcome, Jose. Thank you, Nico. And it's been a long time coming, been trying to find an opportunity for us to sit down and catch up. And uh, what better time than right here in your backyard, practically. So I want to have some insight from various stakeholders who represent, I'll say, broad stakeholder groups, right? Piranha Power is a company held under... Artha Capital. Artha Capital is a hedge fund, a mega hedge fund here in Mexico, one of the largest in the country, which has mostly real estate holdings, which gives you a view into sort of macroeconomics affecting the power industry. I think that gives uh, a good underlaying for us to chat about, obviously, the recent change in administration. I'd love to hear your views on the current administration in AMLO and what you see happening with the energy reform.
1: Prana power is the energy arm of Arthur Capital, and so we do get you know a broader view of what the market's doing and uh, you know for us the market's not slowing down I mean the market is growing uh, we believe that especially in the energy industry uh, we're seeing a lot of things happening uh, regardless of you know, things that we've seen that are obvious, right? The cancellation of the auction, I mean, certain things that have been said on on the press, etc. But for us, for Prana Power, we, we are continuing to develop projects on the utility scale side. We're building um, around 300 megawatts of projects currently. And on the DG side, uh, especially on commercial and industrial projects, um, we have a very, very large pipeline that continues to grow uh, week in and week out. And so, uh, you know, the the industry is certainly thirsty for savings, um, you know, f- wherever they come from. So we've seen tariffs, grow in the last year. I mean, it's been incredible, like uh, mid-voltage tariffs, especially that are focused on commercial and industrial uh, operations have grown 70%, even more in some regions. Uh, And so, um, you know, we we are very focused on that. And, uh, you know, we still see the energy market growing.
0: Obviously, there's been a cancellation of the SUASTAS. I think at a macro level, a lot of people feel it's throwing cold water on and completely, in some cases, quenching the fire for utility scale. That notwithstanding, you guys are building and you seem to have a positive outlook for utility scale. What informs that sense of positivity for you that solar power projects at large scale are going to continue to be built and why?
1: I mean, the necessity for energy in Mexico is still there. I mean, demand is growing year on year. And so, and it's going to continue to grow for the Upcoming years. And so all of the projects that are being developed currently by the government are gonna take some time. So solar projects are way more advanced, both in developing and also construction time. So the demand for energy is gonna still be there. You see that in the new market, suministradores are calling us constantly saying, when are your projects going to be ready? We have a need for energy in this new market.
0: For the uninitiated, suministradores were implemented in the new energy reform as a go-between for what?
1: Suministradores are the commercial figure between end customers and generators. So in this new market, suministradores basically control the amount of energy that is commercialized in certain nodes. So also the country got split into different nodes to make energy more competitive depending on the region, depending on congestion and everything else. So you have to go through a suministrador, a commercial figure to go to the end user. And
0: the suministrador has some level of control on specific nodes. Is that accurate?
1: They have control on the demand (laughs) of specific nodes because their market research is based on demand, basically. So they know where the demand is. They know where there's, there's a need for energy.
0: And I don't want to belabor the point, but just for those who are unfamiliar, in the country, there are roughly, I understand, about 2,000 nodes, and then there are about 10,000 circuits. Is there anything non-obvious that maybe you guys have discovered, you've got access to lots of research, lots of input, that you're learning about the current situation that you'd be willing to share?
1: Speaking with government officials, uh, just attending different forums where they've been involved, their views is to get CFE way more involved in, in all of the processes, both generation, transmission, distribution, As long as CFE is involved and and things flow through CFE, I mean, we see the market growing. I mean, it's not obvious, but, you know, CFE wants to be involved. They want to be part of new generation projects. They want to be part of, obviously, distribution and, and, uh, and transmission, which is what they do right now exclusively. And so they just want better conditions, which is, I think, fair. I mean, there's nothing that I've heard that is going to throw us off in terms of what we want to do.
0: And Prana, I would say, arguably has one of the largest pipelines in the country, has been on a acquisition spree, one might say. It sounds like what I'm hearing is that the, the current administration, their viewpoint or their view on the energy reform, their step back to try and institute a level of transparency in the contracts, as they say, doesn't really affect your pipeline. So perhaps I'll ask it a different way. Instead of does that affect your pipeline, If things had continued business as usual, would your pipeline be growing at a faster rate now?
1: I mean, naturally, yes. Definitely some of the messages and some of the things that have been said certainly create A little bit of a disturbance in what we're doing.
0: Where's the disturbance though? In what point in the transaction process?
1: Well, in the amount of money that we want to invest in projects, basically, Mm -hmm. right? So again, Artha Capital being our sponsor, right? And they having a lot of different platforms, they see a lot of things coming out of the press on the energy side, but on infrastructure, not necessarily. So, you know, if you put it on a balance, then, you know, Artha says, well, I rather invest on infrastructure than on energy right now, for example, right? I so, see.
0: It puts in question the level of return or the, the I'll say the, the level of security of the return. Exactly, okay. exactly. Got it. Incidentally, where are you seeing broadly speaking uh, returns on utility versus DG projects?
1: Well, I mean, we, we've seen it all, right? So we, we it depends on a lot of factors. It depends on the level of development on a project, when we acquired the project, the location of the project, mm-hmm. if the project is on the old law or if right. it's on the new market. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on a lot of factors. Sure. DG is way more stable. We look for a fixed return. It doesn't really matter if it's Um, you know, 500kW behind the meter, net metering, or if you're going into, you know, larger projects, Pequeño Productor, things like that, you know, we have a fixed return that we're looking for at Prana Power. And then again, on, on utility scale, it depends on, on a lot of things. Yeah. Um, you know, On the old scheme, you could sign PPAs directly with end customers. Yeah. PPAs can be signed in, in pesos or in, in dollars. Uh, it depends on the term. It can be 10 years. It can be shorter. So it depends on a lot of things. So returns are generally double digit in pesos. Yeah. There's some that are double digit, low, low double digits, but you, you, know, you see a lot of things.
0: Are there any other challenges that you guys see in the marketplace or that you particularly have been facing? I'm thinking in particular, you know, Prana, uh, John Bates came down, uh, helped stand up Prana Power within Artha Capital. What have you observed as an outsider as well now moving in as an operator that were some core challenges? Maybe they're unique to Prana, but maybe they're actually market challenges that anyone who's trying to establish a business have to overcome.
1: So dependence on CFE. That is the biggest thing. For us, and it, it works both ways, right? So, th- there's customers that say, you know, CFE gives me energy. I've been with CFE forever because that was the only company that could give me energy. So, switching to Prana and now signing a PPA with Prana or doing a DG rooftop project with Prana that is certainly going to give me savings, but I don't know if it's stable enough. I don't know how it works. So, freeing themselves up from CFE is the biggest challenge we face. Getting that mindset that nothing's going to change for them except that they're going to get savings because they're going to get cheaper energy is the biggest challenge.
0: And when you say freeing, are you referring to the end customer? The challenge is getting the end customer willing to sign a PPA with a third party, not with CFE.
1: Exactly. Okay. That is that is the biggest challenge. Yeah. And, and it works also on, on DG, right? Yeah. Because everybody says, oh, CFE is a pain, CFE this, CFE that. But when time comes to you know free yourself mm. up from CFE, then they say, well, you know, I I'm not sure.
0: You as an operator who is trying to build a team, who's trying to address specific problems in the marketplace, if you could reach into your magic hat and pull out a bench of let's call it 10 people, right? What skill set are you most lacking? What, do you, what is most in need of development in this country?
1: I think on the technical side, there's a lot of very good people in Mexico. I mean, technically, there is no, nothing that a good technician, a good engineer wouldn't know about coding and uh, everything that needs to be done on the field. I think commercially, just sales... Uh, the way you do pitches to customers, not just explaining that they 're going to get you know a very big savings case, but just the way you sell the case of saving energy and switching from you know your usual utility to something different, I think that is that is what we are lacking in general as 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 an industry I mean just selling the case that solar and wind and is a proven technology worldwide, that it works. That is our biggest hurdle.
0: You know, if you're a developer in need of an engineering or development partner, let me tell you about my friends over at FTC Solar. Engineering services from FTC Solar take a project from a concept on an empty piece of land to an optimized operating solar power plant. Their proprietary cutting-edge Sundat software is itself remarkable and can support early-stage project development activities right through to preparing detailed bills of materials and plans. Let FTC Solar guide your project from concept into commercial operation. Learn more and check out the snazzy videos at go.ftcsolar.com forward slash suncast. You can also find the FTC banner on the mysuncast.com homepage. You know, if you're getting my newsletters, you've been aware that I'm listing all of the upcoming events I'll be attending. Like next week, I'm going to be in solar power, Puerto Rico, and I'm also hosting a one-day think tank on Monday, the 29th. You can learn more about that at www.attendprecharge.com if you still have Monday available and want to come spend some time with us. And in a few weeks, we'll be back in Mexico City for what is easily the most important trade show of the year Mirek week if you are part of the tribe and you'll be headed down to Mirek, please let me know of course we'll be hosting another phenomenal tribe event you'll want to stay tuned for that of course on my newsletter you will know when that is gonna happen and how to sign up during the day while we're down to merek i'll be holding down the fort at booth number 23 with our friends Allian Energy, right behind our other friends over at Chint Power. Come see us at the Allian Energy booth, booth number 23 while you're at Mirek. And stay tuned to the newsletter where I always share my discount codes for registering for these events. For now, back to Jose Jove's take on the Mexico market. So I'll pick your brain about this a little more because you've worked for Yingli and GCL. You've worked for international companies. You've traveled the world with those companies. You've seen it operating, functioning properly in other markets. What is the optimal sales model? And let's focus on DG because I think that's where you... I think in particular that's where the biggest need is, uh, if I'm hearing you correctly. It's, it's, it's extremely difficult to train or to try and prepare folks for what might be considered retail or utility level off-taker contract negotiations. Right. Whole different skill set. Right. Have you seen a model that works? Is is like the U.S. model or, or the, <sighs> the European model? Like, Is there something specifically that you would say, hey, this might be a template that we could think about?
1: Yeah, because of the proximity of Mexico to the U.S., Usually the U.S. model works in Mexico for, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you do. Solar is not different. The model that we as Prana Power are implementing and that have been working on for almost a year now is signing up channel partners. Uh, right, the, Sun the Edison model. Correct. All of the EPC, well-established, well-known companies in Mexico that are doing solar, we sign them up. They use our financing model to pitch to the customers. We do an exclusivity deal with them where right. the only financing they can offer is Prana Power <laughs> financing. And that, you know, has led us to be now well known within you know the solar market. So very interesting. The, the penetration that we had with a very, very small team that we have because we have, you know, basically four salespeople in Prana Power, which is not nearly enough of the people that we need, right? Yeah. So and, but, and
0: do the and do those salespeople manage relationships at the channel level or are they managing off taker relationships? Where are you reaching down to? How are you doing pull through?
1: Yeah. So we, we have two different ways that we do it. The first one and the one that's way more valuable right now is going through channel partners. So we accompany them to do the sales pitch to the customers. We do basically everything with them, right? So we, we we go with them, we do events, we do marketing, we do everything with them. Right. The other thing that we do is we do self-origination. So we have an origination team that goes out and sees end customers and does the pitch. And then we once we have the the contract in place yeah. with the customer, then we send it over to you one of see our channels. You that
0: with one of your channel partners. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, we won't get into how the sausage is made any more than that. <laughs> Appreciate you being open about that. No, no, no. I would love to know, though, because you are clearly the leader presently in the market, not just financing them, but uh, in building them. Yep. How do you view the market in terms of market size, 2019, 2020? And how do you size the market? Where do you get that data from?
1: So we we get the data from two different places. Number one is the amount of proposals that we get out in the market. We have a system in place that basically is automated and does everything for us now. Um, It took a long time to get it done, but finally we have it. So it's just simpler to have all the data in one place. We believe, based on that, that the market, at least for commercial and industrial installations in Mexico this year, is going to be somewhere around... 250 megawatts. Then next year is going to grow naturally. We believe it's going to be somewhere around 300 megawatts. Mm -hmm. And so the first source that we use is that that database. And the second source that we use is our channel partners. Uh, At the Mm -hmm. end of the day, they are the ones who are out and way more involved with customers than we are because their teams are bigger. They have a lot of information from regional expos and regional sources that they use. Everything that they tell us, we, we, we use it and we put it into a different database. And so based on both is, is how we, we project our, our market for the year
0: yeah do you have someone internally who's like the analyst that is doing that data crunching or is that fall to you
1: we do, well <laughs> we we have somebody internally yes yeah. uh it's a it's a different team within prana but okay. yes there's there's a team internally that does a lot of that yeah they yeah, they're, they're, they're a little bit more focused on on utility scale right. um because at the end of the day that is what you know that, that, that is what That's is, where the real the big dollars uh, exactly. are. exactly uh-huh. However, they do a little bit for us as well.
0: Yeah, so then I guess I'll follow up with with the final question on that point. Do you, as Prana Power, which brings a lot of capital and knowledge to the market, see DG as a product offering that gives you kind of a base of stability while you develop these utility deals? Is that how DG sort of plays into the Prana?
1: Basically, yes. I mean, it gives us a lot of stability. It is what drives the Prana name out in the market, and so... So, yeah, definitely DG is right now what we're seeing as, you know, our, our base for, for everything else. Yeah, You
0: know, I've been thinking a bit about something with uh, a friend of ours, Luis Morales, who thinks a bit about the from a consulting perspective, what's what's actually happening in Latin America as it relates to the rest of the world. And, you know, we see something we might call an innovation gap that exists at the product and service level in Mexico. And it's not uncommon throughout Latin America, right? You've got most of, if not all, of the technology that is deployed in these assets. They come from the U.S. or Europe or China, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking modules, inverters, racking, the, the common BOS. And they're adapted to this market. And in many cases, they're adapted quite sloppily. So why do you think there aren't more local players, more local innovation. And let's use racking as a good example. There's no reason, given the core steel capacity and extrusion capacity here in Mexico, there's not a good competitor already after 10 years who stood up and said, I'll be a local racking manufacturer. What do you see in that innovation gap happening?
1: Probably 90% of the channel partners that we work with develop their own racking solutions. So they do it locally they source from, from different suppliers.
0: But that's exactly my point. Yeah. 90% of them, and they're all doing it is bespoke.
1: Yeah. There's no there's company that no, has stood yeah, up and said, no, I do this for you. Right. I mean, I think penetration of solar within the market now is, is very, very low. So, I mean, I think that just market awareness of what solar can do and, and the amount of, I mean, the volume that we need to install a year for one of the large companies to be ready to do and take that step i think we're still a couple of years away i see and and it it also i mean modules for example there's local brands of yeah. modules for sure i mean yep. um, Solar
0: Tech and exactly.
1: usa exactly now, for us, and especially for utility-scale projects, it's complicated to use those brands. because well, they don't have the volume. Correct. They don't have the volume, and they're not bankable, basically. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit complicated for us to use them, not just on utility, but for Prana Power, since we do you know underwriting and we're doing yeah. credits and stuff, it, it's tough to use them. Yeah. However, they do have a very big market penetration, especially on residential, like SolarTech, for example. I mean, it's a very well-known brand in Mexico. They have a, a factory in the U.S. Um, they're doing a lot of things in Central America as well. Well, so, I mean, that is one example of somebody that you know is willing to invest and is willing to to grow. And I think it's going to take a little time, just because the market is not there yet. I mean, it's 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 a case of volume, I
0: think. Yeah, and you've got examples like Fronius, who's been here for decades, and has uh, you know, and Inretim, who's been here for you know, with the wind side of the business. Kevin ran that really well. That clearly uh, are providing service and support. You know, I wonder from your uh, vantage point. You live here. Where is the innovation happening at a core, like at a Mexico level? Right. Is it a, is it in technology? Is there something in particular that's happening here?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, so for example, UNAM, the the National University, uh-huh. has now and they have a stand here. Actually, they have now a renewable energy department that's doing a lot of interesting things. I personally have been there a couple of times. We tried doing something together at some point with Prana. Yeah, uh, you know, just might to-
0: might be similar to what the U.S. Uh, folks would, would call like the national.
1: right exactly so you didn't see that before right so there was there was nothing so now you know for unam to be involved in that and getting started and and they've done a lot of press releases about it so you know i think it's going to come it's going to grow i Mm -hmm. think again the biggest factor is volume you know market penetration is just not where it should be right now right but it's going to continue to grow and once the volume's there and once the number of installations that we do a year as a market is there because if you look at the energy matrix right now, like the generation, like you know, renewables are nothing. There's it's uh, you know it's insignificant. Right. So once penetration is bigger, I think definitely there's going to be a lot of a lot of local players doing modules, inverters, a lot of solutions.
0: I sat with uh, Daniel from Lumio yep. last night. Yep. yep. I mean, so there's, there's really some smart local players. Lumio, for as an example, has been invested in by 500 startups. Young company, a handful of employees. Focused on building effectively the mosaic of Mexico. Right, right, right. Do you see financial innovation as a core strength here in Mexico?
1: Sure. I mean, there's there's crowdfunding is is you know there's a lot of companies, a lot of startups, uh, you know, outside of the energy market right now. But yeah, there's yeah. There's, there's a lot of that going mm. on. Certainly, energy is going to get there. There's going to be somebody that's going to come in and do. Some crowdfunding for an energy company, either on technology on manufacturing mm-hmm. or on selling a product um, right. I think it's coming it's it's going to be there I, and again it's it 's a matter of volume it's a matter of
0: mm-hmm.
1: just having market the market where it needs to be in terms of awareness that What's that, that this inflection works.
0: point for you, right? If you look out, is that 2020, 2021?
1: I believe it is, yes. I mean, somewhere in between 2020, 2022, somewhere there, right. I mean, somewhere between those three years, mm. uh, it's definitely going to happen. And again, like you mentioned, I, I used to work for module manufacturers and, and all of the um, expectations that we used to have on projections for Mexico and Latin America in general, that was the time when we saw... You know just numbers skyrocketing yeah, so, yeah.
0: for sure when when uh, GTM called it the fastest growing region in the in the world for solar well jose it 's uh, an exciting time in Mexico, and uh, you know really few are grabbing the bull by the horns the way Prana power is. I congratulate you for the amazing work that you guys are doing. And uh, look forward to hearing a good report on how the year progresses. We'll be checking in.
1: Definitely, Nico. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, you know, let's uh, let's get to work. There's a lot of things happening in the Mexico market now.
0: Indeed. If anyone wanted to reach out uh, to touch base with you, if they're looking on uh, trying to understand the market or maybe want to become a channel partner, how would they best reach you?
1: So uh, it's either over uh, email or my phone. My email is J-J-O-V-E, as in Jove, J-O-V-E, at pranapower.com.mx. My number is
0: uh, 55-54-36-4057. There you have it, folks. One of the leaders in the market, you know how to reach him, and we will be watching very curiously on how this market develops. That's a wrap with today's solar warrior, Jose Jove of Prana Power, one of Mexico's largest and fastest growing solar development companies. If you'd like to learn more about Jose or check out the resources that we mentioned on today's episode, then click on that listen link at mysuncast.com. That'll take you to the episodes page where you can get the show notes, social media and website links and more. While you're there, please check out the Suncast tribe where you can be part of my inner circle of solar warriors and trusted advisors where I often drop little bits of value, and extra episodes that didn't make the cut. Click on the member button to learn more. And lastly, if you are headed down to Puerto Rico next week and still have Monday open, consider attending PreCharge and power up your network and knowledge. AttendPreCharge.com. I'm so grateful that you choose to be right here with me. It's true. You are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.